It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Cougars. This is your daily podcast. Focus on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. What a weekend, BYU fans. BYU goes on the road and in dramatic fashion overcomes a deficit and staring a 90-plus yard field in the face with less than a minute to go. They pull out a win in double overtime over Tennessee. I was on hand to take that in. We'll talk about that. I also need to talk a little bit about BYU basketball and some critical tweets from Nick Emery over the weekend as well as catching up, catching you up on everything else going on in BYU sports from this past weekend. So a lot to get to on today's edition of the podcast. And without further ado, further ado, let's get to it. Reminder for you guys, today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Vivid Seats, All Guard Pest Control, and of course our title sponsor on Locked On Cougars is Deseret First Credit Union. We'll tell you about all three of those companies as today's show rolls on as well. All right, let's do it. This is Locked On Cougars for September 9th, What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. What you just heard was one of the most incredible efforts I have seen from a BYU running back in some time, aided by some offensive linemen, but Tyson Williams... Dave Pash from ESPN on the call there. Thanks to ESPN for letting us use that audio. But Tyson Williams rumbles into the end zone. Every Tennessee volunteer player felt like was jumping on top of him, trying to bring him down or stop his momentum so they would whistle him down. But he punches it in, and BYU escapes Rocky Top with a 29-26 to double overtime victory. What a game. I made the trip out to Knoxville, had a great time. I have to say, if you guys ever get a chance to go to Neyland Stadium, I know about at least 10,000 BYU fans were there. There was big pockets of royal blue shirts all over the stadium, but... If you have a chance to go to Neyland, it is worth seeing. It's a pretty impressive venue, holds over 100,000 people. They announced 92,475 people, so pretty short of a sellout there at, in Knoxville, but still just an awesome venue. And I have to say for three quarters and even up to, what, minute to go in that game, it looked like BYU is going to come away as with a disappointing loss against Tennessee. Uh, early on in this game, BYU, I thought their play calling was up and down. There were moments, it's like, okay, this is pretty smart. There are other moments, like the third and one, where BYU had been pushing the ball down the field, running the ball down Tennessee's throat with Tyson Williams. He appeared to get dinged up a little bit, had to uh, go out and go into the medical tent, but on that third and one play, they went with an RPO, and Zach Wilson decides to 
uh, go with it and throws it at the feet of Dax Milne. Very disappointing play. I know a lot of BYU fans harped on that. And that play was a critical play in this game. If they would have lost this contest, you probably look back at that and say, what was going on there? Kind of re-watching the play, I wonder if it was Dax Milne was blocking or if he was getting held by the defensive player. I don't know exactly what happened. Kind of a strange play all the way around. But the biggest news out of this is BYU went to Knoxville and picked up a big road win. Picked up a big win for their head coach. Kalani Satake needed that. He legitimately injured his ankle in the postgame celebrations. He was in a boot flying home from Tennessee. He was in the training room yesterday. I saw some videos on social media of him wearing a boot at the training room on BYU's campus, getting some treatment on his ankle, but he needed a win like that. That team needed a win like that. That was an awesome, awesome victory, and it's it's doing no small part to the efforts of Micah Simon. Micah Simon, seven catches, 127 yards, if I'm not mistaken, just a truly incredible human's effort. He goes out and just absolutely turns into the go-to receiver BYU has been hoping for from their wide receiving core. Yeah, seven receptions, 127 yards. Matt Bushman, two receptions for 40 yards, was your second leading receiver. And if Micah Simon is going to be this consistent and play like this going forward, BYU now has a one-two tandem in the passing game that is, is going to be very helpful for them. Zach Wilson, Finished the night 19 of 29 for 232 yards, one touchdown. Uh, the touchdown pass that went to Talon Shumway in the first overtime period. And this game, man, I know I keep going back to it. Just the environment, it was just absolutely crazy. I'll relate one fun story to you guys. I was down on the field, and if you saw, saw me on Twitter and on, on Instagram, I posted the video I took of that end zone where Tyson Williams punched that touchdown in to win the game. Just absolutely crazy, and... As I was uh, standing in that end zone for the final little bit of the game, right before regulation ended, on the 64-yard pass to Micah Simon, I see the snap go, and I see Zach Wilson load up, toss it downfield, and I couldn't tell from my angle who caught the pass immediately, but I knew that the BYU Cougar had caught it because Cougar fans down in that corner just started going berserk, and I see all of a sudden guys wheeling and running around, and I see Micah Simon's number 13 jersey. I'm like, holy smokes, they might have a chance here, and there's a guy behind me who's a big Tennessee fan and very vocal. Well, I st- stood down there for about the final five minutes of the game. Very, very vocal fan, and I don't get, I, and th- this was really funny to me personally, but he all of a sudden he just screams, what are you doing? You just lost the game. Are you? And just, I, I, I turn, I'm like, game's not over, bud, but I get it. And he predicted it. He predicted that Tennessee was going to lose this game right before regulation ended. This is before Jake the make, Jake Oldroyd apparently doesn't like the nickname, made that kick, which was scary as all get out. I was watching that kick and I thought it started outside, but it snuck just over the in right, just over the upright or just inside the upright to give the BYU the tying score there. And all the credit in the world goes to BYU for battling back in this game. Tyson Williams came out and looked like the feature back that BYU coaches hoped he would be. 17 carries, 92 yards, of course the two touchdowns, none bigger than that one in double overtime to give BYU the 29-26 victory. And This is a game that's going to help BYU. USC last this past Saturday played up to their talent. They went and blew the doors off Stanford. They're now ranked 24th, coming to BYU. As a result of these wins for BYU and USC, BYU 
UAU gets the national TV slot, the the network slot on ABC at 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time, an ABC televised game against nationally ranked USC coming into town. Keaton Slovis at least looks the part for at least two games in his career to start off as a true freshman. But BYU, only a four-point dog to USC in this game, I think shows that there is some legit... Um, thoughts that BYU is not a pushover. They're not going to expect it to come in and just roll over and let USC walk all over them. It is kind of funny that BYU seems to play better on the road. I, I don't get it. They need to, they need to protect uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium a little bit better, but all things considered, that was a massive, massive win for BYU, and congrats to Kalani Satake and his staff. They needed a win like that. You saw him just unleash a primal scream, throw his headset as BYU wins that game. And I think that the the run that Tyson Williams made with Tennessee players on his back, at his feet, and his offensive lineman helped push and drag him into the end zone was indicative of what BYU's grit and tenacity was in this game. They were, they were willing to fight until the bitter end. They punch it in and they can go celebrate. They spend like an extra 20 minutes on the field celebrating with BYU fans before coming in to do post-game interviews. You can listen to all of those, by the way, at 1280thezone.com or search out the Zone Sports Network BYU on your podcast Twitter feed. You can hear all that audio as well. But just a truly, truly magnificent performance from BYU. They never quit. That's the biggest thing I can say about them. They never, ever quit in this game. And my hat goes off to them because it would have been very easy for them to say, you know what, we're going to call it a day. Uh, one other guy I needed to give a shout-out to before we go here is Kavika Fanua. He tips a pass that falls into the hands of Jawan Jennings to give Tennessee their first touchdown of the game. And I know it ripped a lot of BYU fans' heart out to see that, but he comes back late in that game, steps right into the alley, picks off a pass from uh, Jared Garantano and takes it the other way. He also led the team with 10 total tackles. Tackles, three of them solo, one tackle for loss in that game. Truly impressive effort. Isaiah Kafusi had a good showing as well. Nine total tackles with five of his solo, two pass breakups in his own right. Austin Lee, six tackles, one tackle for loss, and two breakups. A lot of guys contributed in this win, but the biggest thing is BYU did not quit, and they were they were rewarded for battling like they did. And I can't give them enough credit for what they did to win this game. All right, got a little bit got a little bit over time here reacting to this, but we'll get to more of this as the week goes on. BYU now turning their attention to USC this Saturday. Like I said, 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time on ABC. Uh, he will the, the not he the the Cougars will try to defend home field. Go to two and one on the season. A little more scary of a proposition than it looked a week ago because USC, I thought, felt like for the first time in quite some time, played up to all of the talent they have collected down there in Los Angeles. We'll see what they come to Provo with, but it should be interesting, and we'll see what happens with the Cougars on Saturday. And of course, we'll have that covered for you with sound from BYU's press conferences today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. All week long, we'll be getting you ready for that game. All right, we'll step aside here, come back on the other side, catch up on what's going on in BYU basketball land, uh, some news coming out about their non-conference schedule, as well as some critical tweets from a former player that you guys may or may not have seen late Friday night. We'll talk about that next. Before we do that, though, do need to tell you about today's title sponsor on the podcast, and that is our good friends at Deseret First Credit Union. Deseret First Credit Union shares a faith-based bond with all of its members, but they also celebrate the unique goals and passions of their individual members. They're asking them right now, what is your focus? What's your why? Whatever it might be, have you thought about refinancing your home to save money 
and help fund that passion project. Refinancing doesn't have to be hard or even cost you anything. And with rates still low, now is a great time to refinance your mortgage and keep more money in your pocket. With a no-cost refinancing from Deseret First, you can get locked into a low rate for absolutely nothing and save up to potentially hundreds of dollars a month, guys. Think about that. Extra money in your pocket, that should be a win-win in your mind. The DFCU Mortgage Team will work with you to find the right loan for your financial situation. Whether it's your first home, your fifth home, an investment property, they're ready to help and get you into the right financial goals, situation, and loans to make sure you're taken care of. Call them, 801-456-7070. That's 456-7070. Or visit dfcu.com to apply in just five minutes or less. Deseret First Credit Union, you know why, we show how. Membership and eligibility required, OAC. Terms and conditions apply, equal housing lender. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks again for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. Whether you're new or you've been a longtime listener, I want to thank you guys in advance for doing what I'm about to ask you to do. I want you to go on to whichever podcatcher you're listening to us on, hit that subscribe or follow button, and also give us a favorable rating and review if you don't mind as well. It doesn't take but a moment, but it really does help out the podcast popularity on all those podcatchers. I want to thank you guys for your continued support of the podcast. It's a blast to be with you guys each and every day. Sorry if my voice sounds a little bit weird. I've been dealing with a little bit of a head cold coming back from Tennessee, but man, what an experience traveling to Rocky Top, experiencing Knoxville, etc. It was an absolutely fantastic trip. But we do need to talk a little bit about, a little bit about BYU basketball. Uh, they announced their non-conference schedule. We'll run through that real quick. Uh, they're going to start off with a scrimmage against UT Tyler. It's an exhibition game on November 1st before opening the season on November 5th against Cal State Fullerton. They'll follow that up with a game against San Diego State. So right out of the gates, BYU is going to have a big time opponent in Mountain West contender San Diego State coming to town. Southern Utah will be in town to face BYU as part of the Maui Classic uh, mainland event. Then BYU will face go to Houston and at Boise State the next week following that, November 16th and 20th. And then they're playing in the Maui Gym, Maui Invitational, where they can face a number of teams. I believe they start off uh, facing off against UCLA, but then they have an opportunity to face teams uh, like uh, Dayton, uh, Chaminade. And if you continue to win, you can face Michigan State, Virginia Tech, etc. But should be interesting there. And then BYU, yeah, so they face UCLA, the winner of Kansas or Chabonade there in the Maui Invitational. And then they'll finish that up with the te- with another team in the final game that they'll play at the Maui Gym Invitational unless they play in the championship game. Hopefully that makes sense to you guys. And we'll see what happens with that. But then they come home, they play against Montana Tech. I think that was a game that BYU was trying to get a bigger opponent, and that was kind of the holdup on the schedule. But you try and avoid scheduling Division Two teams – 
as a regular season opponent, but it lasts, it is what it is. And then December 4th, the first game that right now looks like that Yoli Childs will be eligible to play will be December 4th at Utah. Now that'll be interesting. His return to the lineup for BYU after serving his nine-game suspension is the big rivalry game. BYU will follow that up with a game against UNLV at Vivint Smart Home Arena. They'll also face off against Utah State in the Beehive Classic of Vivint Smart Home Arena a week following that. They also host Nevada in between those two games, and they'll finish up uh, non-conference play with two games, a home game against Weber State and also a home game against Oral Roberts before West Coast Conference play begins. So I think it's a pretty interesting schedule, a tough non-conference schedule as usual for BYU. It still bugs me that Yoli Childs is going to be sitting out, and of course the NCAA upholding the 47-win uh, vacation that BYU had to vacate those two seasons of wins because of Nick Emery. But then Nick Emery, now I turn my attention over to that. Well, <sighs> I don't know. He comes out with a tweet Friday night, and I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio. I went and saw the Reds game that night. I get back to the hotel, and then I see this tweet from Nick Emery come out. And I'm, I've got a screenshot of it, so I'm going to read it to you right now. And it was a tweet uh, talking about Wasatch Academy basketball. Matty Sissoko, the star big man from Wasatch Academy down there in Mount Pleasant, listed BYU as one of his top four teams. He's expected to make his announcement this coming Tuesday, tomorrow evening. I don't think BYU necessarily is the pick, but it's cool to see BYU make that final list uh, alongside Kansas, Michigan State, and Memphis. But then Nick Emery decides, you know what, I need to sound off on this. And he goes with a tweet that says, quote, Honest tweet, you'll be playing with some of the greatest dudes and having great teammates at BYU, dot, dot, dot. But playing for the coaches would be, playing for those coaches, speaking of the coaches at BYU, would be an absolute disaster. They are not what they portray and are super sketchy and dishonest, exclamation point. Good luck with this, the, good luck with the decision, bro, with the praying hand emojis. And predictably, the internet responded in, you know, normal fashion ripping Nick, going after him. And I have to say, though, uh, what Nick did there was uncalled for, extremely unprofessional. He went went above and beyond anything that he probably should have done. And he took, right, rightfully, I felt like, took a lot of heat for that. And I just... I, I don't get it. What is, you, what is your problem that you need... To, you feel this, this energy or what you need to go out and have to just say that about BYU's coaches on open social media. I get that you were pushed aside. The BYU coaching staff wanted that extra uh, scholarship slot once they looked like they were going to be able to land Alex Barcelo, Alex Barcelo, the transfer from Arizona. But let's be real, Nick. You can't do that. Plain and simple. You already have a tarnished legacy at BYU. BYU basketball has enjoyed a long storied history as a basketball program that does things the right way. You cost this program 47 wins, and then you're going to go out and absolutely thrash the new coaching staff on social media. I know it was deleted. I get that. I went out and deleted it, and I'm sure there were some calls made from the current and former staffs at BYU. I'm sure Jackson Emery, his older brother, also had some thoughts on this and let Nick know about that. But you just can't do that if you're Nick Emery. You just can't. And I, I, I thought it was wholly inappropriate for him to go out and do that, to trash the BYU coaches on open Twitter. And his apology wasn't even an apology that he sent out on Saturday. I just don't get it. He, 
I don't get what he he's thinking. What he's what he was going to get away with. He thought that he was going to say that, and BYU fans were going to be like, "Oh, that's okay, Nick. Thanks for your time at BYU. We understand." No, they're not going to respond that way, and it's just it doesn't make sense, plain and simple. It's just it's unfortunate because you can't expect to go and trash BYU's coaches and expect BYU fans to just say, you know what, Nick, that was great. So here's his tweet that he that he sends out yesterday, Saturday. It's not yesterday, Saturday. It says Twitter, I was hacked by Antonio Brown last night. Period. Super sorry. Period. Kidding. Dot dot dot. It says in reality, I just love basketball and I have some things to work out to get to a peaceful place again. I'll grow up. Thanks for holding me accountable. It's working. Much love to Cougar Nation. Did you say sorry in there? Yeah, he did say sorry before saying kidding. I should say everything that needs to be said about this, I feel like. And it's an unfortunate situation. Nick Emery, I feel like, is in a bad place. He needs to figure some things out in his personal life, obviously. And here's hoping he can get the help he needs and figure out what is wrong because wholly inappropriate for him to do that and he never even actually apologized that's not an apology that he put out there and it means that he meant what he said i get that there are some people on social media said well we get it nick no that's inappropriate it's over the top it's uncalled for you can't do that you just can't plain and simple and I'm hopeful that Nick at some point can let go of whatever is eating at him and move on with, with his life. I get that he's frustrated by his time at BYU, but I, BYU fans are, are equally frustrated with his time at BYU because him and his former high school teammates, speaking of Eric Mika and uh, TJ Haas, who is TJ has been a, a been the kind of the antithesis of what Nick has been. He's been the team player, done things the right way his entire career. They came in with a lot of promise, and they've, they've left it, and there's not much there. TJ Haas has had the best career of any of them in a BYU uniform. I know that Eric Mika had some good moments in his two seasons before leaving to play pro, and congratulations to him. But Nick Emery, I think he tarnished an already tarnished legacy, and I don't see how he's necessarily going to find his way back into the good graces of BYU football fans and the BYU staff because you don't just, excuse me, you just don't do that. You don't do that. And, man, I, I hope he can figure out whatever's up because I know he's dealt with mental health issues, et cetera, and I don't want to pile on too much here. But what he did was totally uncalled for, out of the blue, and wholly inappropriate. And the BYU coaching staff has every right to be upset about that, I feel like, in terms of just him going after BYU coaches like that on open social media. All right, there you go. Some of my thoughts on the BYU basketball program. We will get to some more of that as the week progresses, if anything else comes out of it. But just a crazy, crazy weekend in terms of everything going on at BYU Sports. We'll get to more of that next. Before we do that, though, do need to talk to you a little bit about Vivid Seats today. Vivid Seats is an online ticket event marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that will last them a lifetime. Vivid Seats allows listeners to catch their favorite teams and artists perform in person while also earning credit back on all purchases made through the Vivid Seats app via the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program, guys. It offers great prices and easy 
purchasing experience, speaking of the app, as well as an in-app loyalty program that Vivid Seats rewards. Reward statuses range from MVP to Hall of Famer. Customers can earn up to 10, from up to 10%, up to 16% credit. They can earn from 10% to 16%, hopefully that makes sense, credit on all their purchases made through their app for this month. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program and will enjoy credits on all purchases as part of Vivid Seats Rewards. Of course, all Vivid Seats Rewards are backed up by a 100% guarantee, guys. It's a fantastic way to get out to the events you're going to go to, sporting events, uh, music, or even theater. Whatever you want to go to, use the Vivid Seats app and get rewarded for purchasing your tickets. Also right now, enter the promo code KICKOFF at checkout and receive a discount of up to $100 right now on the Vivid Seats app. Vivid Seats, proud partner of the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Cougars. All right, guys, I need to take a minute and talk to you today about our good friends at All Guard Pest Control, one of our great sponsors here on Locked On Cougars. They're a local pest control company based right here in Utah with the capability of servicing anybody from Utah County all along the Wasatch Front, Salt Lake Counties, Davis and Weber Counties, Tooele County, even even go up to Wasatch County if you need them to. What I love about All Guard Pest Control is they're not going to bug you guys. They're not the bug guys who come knocking on your door saying, hey, we've got the truck out here. You want us to spray for your bugs? And here, sign this to your contract. That's not how they do it. They don't believe pest control companies should be bugging you and knocking on your door, but they do offer multiple options to make sure you are taken care of with your pest control needs. They offer a quarterly pest control program, which is awesome for people who don't ever want to see a pest and have the peace of mind knowing that no creepy crawly thing is coming out from underneath a box, etc. But they also have one-time services. If you only need them to come out and deal with one issue one time, they're not going to show up and say, here, sign this contract. We're going to come out four more times. They'll take care of you the one time then they'll just leave you alone that is what i love about all guard pest control they use the safest products in the country they're the day rated for daycares hospitals restaurants kennels and vets and they have awesome online reviews as well guys they do an incredible job i can vouch for them seth and his team are the best of the best they also are the termite experts in utah county if you have any termite issues as well you can give them a call and talk to them find out more about their company by calling them at 801-851-1812 or go to allguardpestcontrols.com to find out more information. Fantastic company, big BYU fans to boot. Check them out, All Guard Pest Control, 801-851-1812 or go to allguardpestcontrols.com right now. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. We're going to close out today's show catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports this past weekend, and there was a lot of it out there. Let's start off with the number 13 ranked BYU women's volleyball team. They beat Weber State in straight sets, 25-22, 25-16, 25-22 on Saturday. They were named the BYU doTERRA Classic Champions after that sweep. They won all three matches they played in the Classic. It was a fantastic way 
to go out for BYU after losing a disappointing home match to Marquette the week before that. BYU will go on their first road trip this coming week as they go to Wichita, Kansas, where they'll play Wichita State Thursday before facing number three, Texas, and VCU later in the week. So big opportunity on the road this weekend as BYU heads out to the Midwest for three matches. But a good way to show for BYU, because these teams that BYU brought in for the doTERRA Classic weren't the stoutest competition, so you wanted to see BYU absolutely pummel all three opponents, and that's exactly what they did. So hopefully they can move back up in the in the national rankings this week after checking in at number 13 last week. Uh, BYU led number 10 ranked BYU women's soccer to a 2-0 victory over Utah in their Deseret First dual match on Friday night. Uh, Mac Herman Trophy candidate Elise Flake scored one of the goals and recorded the assist on the other goal as BYU won this match. Jennifer Rockwood, BYU's head coach, said, quote, we're dangerous at attacking. We had some good opportunities and set the tone nice and early. Uh, Sabrina uh, was came up with some huge saves in that first half and helped keep us up a goal. When Cam was able to put that second goal in, it certainly helped us settle down a bit. Our defense was also solid, and I'm really proud of the shout-out. So congratulations to BYU on picking up that win. It's a fantastic way. And she was speaking of Sabrina Davis, who's BYU's keeper, the first player she referred to. And then Cameron Tucker came on and scored the second goal on the assist from Elise Flake to give BYU the 2-0 lead that they never relinquished. They will conclude their three-game homestand against number 12, Texas A&M. The 12th-ranked Aggies come into Southfield Thursday night at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. The game will be televised on BYU TV, and of course you'll be able to hear it on the BYU Sports Sports Network on the radio side of things. Uh, Two more things for you guys on baseball side of things for BYU Baseball. Baseball America recently named BYU's Baseball 2019 recruiting class number 25 in the nation, the highest ever ranking for the Cougars, according to Baseball America. So congratulations to all 11 players who are part of BYU's 25th ranked class. Sounds like they should come in and help a BYU baseball program that is hoping to make the postseason this year after getting disappointingly left out of the regionals this past season. I think that Mike Littlewood is building a a nice program at BYU and doing some great jobs. Uh, They'll be working out, of course, this fall. BYU baseball will be left two weeks of group work. They'll begin team practices Monday, September 16th and wrap up the last week of October coming up here, including a home-and-home series with Utah in terms of games. The Cougars and Utes will play on Salt Lake City on October 5th before facing off in Provo on October 25th. Admission for both of those games will be free. During the fall ball period, the team has allowed 28 team practices and two official games Uh, practices are normally in the afternoon and you actually can go out and watch practice if you want if you're a BYU baseball fan all of 28 of those practices will be open to the public and of course the two games like I said admission is free for BYU's they face off against Utah in those two games so big opportunity for BYU baseball to work out the kinks and get things going here all right that'll do it for today's podcast thanks again for joining us it's been a blast to be with you guys on a Monday pardon my voice I apologize but still dealing with a little bit of a head cold Worth every minute of traveling to Knoxville, though. It was a blast to be out there watching over 10,000 BYU fans going nuts, celebrating with their team in that 29-26 victory. We'll be recapping everything for you after the press conference today for BYU about both the Tennessee win and looking ahead to USC on tomorrow's show. And, of course, we'll have some stellar guests lined up later in the week as well. Today's show brought to you by our title sponsor, Deseret First Credit Union. Check them out for all of your home refinancing needs. Also, check 
out all guard pest control for any pest control issues you might have and vivid seats make sure you're rewarded when you're going out to the event you're going to with the vivid seats app we'll catch you guys tomorrow thanks again for joining us this has been locked on cougars for september 9th 2019 Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.